Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney on webtalkradio.net, and I am just so delighted that you you have stopped by my kitchen today. We are going to have such a fun show. Um, We're going to have two segments, and the focus for this show is really kind of healthy eating and looking at all the different options and opportunities out there. And our first guest, oh, you're going to be just delighted by her, Amy Valpone. She is, um, goodness, quite a resume here. She has a great website, thehealthyapple.com, and I'll make sure I provide a link to that. And her mission is feeding people food the way food was meant to be. So I can't wait to hear more about that. And she's also the publisher and marketing director for the online magazine Easy Eats. It's a gluten-free magazine. So we're going to be talking a lot about just what makes a clean lifestyle in terms of healthy eating and also um, talking about, you know, what those of uh, us out there with allergies, food allergies, um, options we have in terms of recipes. So without further ado, Amy Valcon, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I know that I very much abbreviated your long, long uh, resume. You've had quite the journey within uh, the culinary and marketing and business world. And um, you are a food uh, writer and a chef. And what are some of the, the magazines you've, you've uh, provided art- articles for? Oh, geez, I've, I've done a little bit of everything. I write for, you know, the Williams-Sonoma website. I, you know, contribute to WebMD. I've done work uh, with a bunch of different websites, a bunch of different bloggers. Um, you know, and I work right now with Easy Eats Magazine, which is our gluten-free online magazine, which has just been getting great reviews. Yes, and I can't wait for us to talk about that because there are a lot of listeners uh, out there with with friends or family members who are you know, need a gluten-free diet. So I look forward to to hearing your tips and insights on that. But first, I wanted the listeners to to get a feel for your oh goodness your your ordeal uh, in terms of what you have gone through to get through this point because it's very personal to you too in terms of of this journey for a clean lifestyle. Definitely. I agree. And it's just, it's been a struggle uh, my whole life dealing with stomach problems and medical issues, no one knowing what's going on, even venturing out to Mayo Clinic to tell me that there's nothing wrong with me after giving me bone marrow biopsies and telling me I could have leukemia when none of that was ever true. Um, And then really just trying to heal myself, going back to school and learning about how to heal my body and switching to Eastern medicine and really, you know, feeling, uh, feeling good every day. Oh, I and I'm so glad that that you have found the right path in terms of finding health because it was very debilitating and it's hard to think that that food can be a source of of illness rather than you know a, a source of health and and so you've discovered through your own journey your own trying journey uh, how to really approach a clean lifestyle. And what, I, I love your mission of feeding people food the way food was meant to be. What do you mean by that? And what do you want uh, listeners to walk away with in terms of um, how you can uh, can enjoy food the way it was meant to be? Does that mean you have to eat it raw? Or, or what, does that, what does that kind of mean? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it is all about feeling good and no dieting, no depriving yourself and eating anything that you want. For instance, I work with clients here in Manhattan and put together, you know, I do food shopping for them, go to the markets and bring back food to their pantries, 
restock their fridge, do a pantry makeover, toss out all the bad foods and I should say, added sugars and packaged processed foods and really get their case buds on an overhaul and work with them and their kids. And it's been amazing. I mean, everything from fresh basil to cilantro to lemon zest and grapefruit juice. And I mean, there's just so much that you can do to add natural flavor, uh, even adding, you know, ground cashews to your you know, chocolate chip cookie recipes. Mm. And so, for instance, a great recipe that I love working on with kids is very simple. It's poaching chicken. Poach some chicken on your stove, put it into your food processor, add a little balsamic vinegar, a little sea salt, some, some, uh, let's see, you could do some, uh, some fresh basil and strawberries and mix it together. And you've got a great pate that you can just store right in your fridge for the week. And you put that on crackers, you could put it on toast or, you know, put it on a salad. You could put it into a sandwich, and you can even eat it with crudite. So it's just a great, they're trying to come up with a great options for families to eat clean and find new uses for all of these amazing foods out there that have such great flavor. But, you know, everybody's dousing them with oils and butters and everything else. And I actually, myself, can't have any oils. So my life has been very, very tough to go out to eat and to find flavor. So, you know, trying to make cookies out of avocados or, you know, coming up with other unique ways to make different meals. Now, how does one make cookies with avocados? How do you do that? Oh, you got to get it nice and ripe, keep them in a brown bag until they're so mushy, and then simply just taking them, putting them in a food processor. I like to put them in a food processor, maybe add some juice, some kind of like freshly squeezed grapefruit juice, something like that, and then adding some kind of fruit. So usually I'll add maybe it's some peaches or a banana and getting that really creamy consistency. Um, also some Greek yogurt is great. Then you can even almost make your own ice cream that way too. I'm intolerant to dairy and a lot of my clients are as well. And I can have Greek yogurt. A lot of people that are lactose intolerant can handle Greek yogurt because of the way it's strained. So that's the only dairy that I can have. So let me tell you, I do get my Greek yogurt every day and I love it. But it's a great alternative for an ice cream for people. So, you know, take your Greek yogurt, put it in your food processor with, you know, some dark chocolate chips and a banana. Make that, process it nice. Maybe put a little more fruit in there, a little fruit juice or some, you know, fresh herbs. And then toss that in your freezer and you've got a nice little uh, frozen yogurt for yourself. That is a great idea and easy to do for for busy families, and it's an example of a clean lifestyle. Now, what do you absolutely need in your pantry, in your refrigerator, to begin a journey of a clean lifestyle? Well, it's so funny you ask because I have a what's in my fridge page on my website and (laughs) a shopping list page because everyone asks me everywhere I go, you know, you have to think about what it is that makes you feel good. There's people that are vegans. There's people that are vegetarians. There's people that eat meat. There's people that eat, you know, are flexitarians. It's all about what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So if eating, you know, eggs for breakfast and then vegetables for the, and grains the rest of the day makes you feel good, that's wonderful. And you really have to think, okay, let's lay down my day. I need vegetables. You know, I need fruit, which is fiber, obviously. You need some whole grains. You need some protein, and you need some healthy fat. So how are we going to get all that? Let's start with protein. Let's map that out. You have eggs, chicken, turkey, Greek yogurt, you know, and then you've got things like chia seeds and flax seeds. There's a great company out there called Barleen's that's wonderful. They have this flax meal, 40 flax, that is incredible. I think I have four tablespoons of it a day and everything from, you know, smoothies and yogurt. And I'm sorry, it's called Barleen's? Yes, Barleen's, B-A-R-L-E-A-N-S. And they uh, they actually make they make the most amazing products. They have these omega three oils that I love too, and they're all flavored. So they come in. Um, they're like these. They're called their swirls. They uh, have strawberry and banana, and they're great for kids. I just did a presentation last week at the New York City Kids Food Festival and took those oils and talked talk to the kids about putting that in their oatmeal and in their smoothies, and the kids loved it because huh. it creates flavor and sweetness without added sugar. Well, and and, yes. and then you're not able to tolerate oils, but by making an oil like this, you're able to tolerate that with the strawberry exactly. oil. Exactly, and they have um, 
Stephen Helmsher, everyone's tried those green powders, the vegetables and things like that. They have tons of those kinds of things. And I love their chocolate. And what I do is make myself a, my own chocolate ice cream. So I take the Barlene's chocolate powder. It's like their greens powder. Mm-hmm. I put Greek yogurt. And you mix it together, and it looks like chocolate ice cream, and you're set. Oh, that does sound great. So it sounds so like... Coming <laughs> up with ways to make yourself happy when everybody else is going to the uh, to the drive-thru and eating pizzas, and you can't. Right. And it really is affecting your your body in terms of having a clean lifestyle and, and making sure you choose those products. And uh, and I encourage everyone to go to the healthyapple.com, Amy's website, so you can see what's in her fridge. And you provide the shopping list and all of that, too. That That is just great. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if it's because the population has become more aware of it or if there's more of a prevalence, but there seem to be so many food allergies these mm-hmm. days. Both, uh, well, my, my oldest daughter is, um, began her life very young with uh, an allergy to eggs and uh, then later to oranges, but mainly to the peel, to orange peels and to nuts. So I don't know if it's uh, more environmental, or uh, have you noticed uh, an increase in um, intolerance for food? I have. I have just from my practice. I mean, a lot of my clients, I mean, I have clients that I work with that don't have any food allergies or intolerances. And then I have clients that are, you know, I work with a family today, their kids can't have nuts, uh, they can't have dairy, they can't have eggs, they can't have gluten, um, they can't have soy. So, so what do you cook? <laughs> so yeah, what, do you, what do you make oh, for someone? Thing, you know, I do twice um, sweet potatoes. So, you, you know, you, you puree the sweet potatoes and put them back into the shells for the kids. You make rice pasta. You know, you can make them a healthy mac and cheese with rice pasta. You can make them chilies. I make them baked chicken. I roast vegetables, great oatmeal, um, some kind of like porridge for them. There's always polenta. And, you know, if you can do soy, there's tofu or tempeh, you know, which is always great. But, you know, all all vegetables and meats and eggs are naturally gluten-free and, you know, dairy-free. So, you know, that works out really well for a lot of people. But I, I do agree with you. A lot of, um, you're, we are seeing a lot more food allergies and intolerances because, of all the, the processing and packaging that's going into these products, and it's just sad that, you know, you've got these big companies, you know, touting these products that, you know, are filled with things that we really should not, these names that we don't even know what they are. You know, it's just take a look at some of the ingredients. And let me tell you, even though I went back to school and got my degree in nutrition, learned all about healing yourself, after I got, you know, before I got sick, I still was like, oh, Eastern medicine, oh, healing yourself, you know, yada, yada, I'll be fine, I can eat, you know, I've always eaten clean, but I've always had, you know, my vices, and then I said, I got so sick, I was in so much pain, I was like, I've got to give this a shot, and I cut out so much more, and it's sad, but hopefully someday, you know, my stomach will, you know, be healing, and I'll be able to do it, um, you know, all the time, but it's it's amazing what, what food can do, and how it can heal, and, you know, I'm pure proof that it was you know, in the pudding that I thought it was, uh, you know, just games and all stories, but it's true. And I love that the proof was in the pudding <laughs> or the <Yeah>. oatmeal. <laughs> uh, it's true, Steve, the dairy-free pudding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, well, I just love your your website, and I encourage um, the listeners to check it out, the healthyapple.com, your guide to clean eating. And, and it featured as uh, chocolate chip chili cookies. Now, that's a combination I wouldn't uh, consider to put chili and chocolate chip. I do. I add, you know what I always add to my chocolate chip cookie recipes? I always add a little chili powder and cinnamon because I love the sweet and sour. And then going back, I always add the 40 flax, the flax seeds, the, bar, the Barleen brand because it's great fiber. So you put that in, you add a little of the Barleen's Florida flax, you add the cashews, little cinnamon and chili powder, and it just gives it the perfect touch. And you've got, you know, tons of fiber and protein in there, and nobody even knows. Wow. That, so that, is, fun. <laughs> that is fun. And you have such practical advice, too. I'm on your website now, and it's like how to clean your pantry in three easy steps. <laughs> this well, is great. And you give, I, well, I try to you know, provide a lot of my clients that, you know, I need help with this or I need help with that. So I'm always trying to help everybody out and figure out a way to, 
you know, streamline all our lives. I, I worked in corporate America for years, so I know it's a, everybody is time crunched and uh, wants everything in an instant. And that's why I love helping people and working here in Manhattan because, you know, I'm, I'm always going to people's kitchens and, you know, whether it's working with them weekly or on a one-on-one basis or I love it. It's fun. I'm helping people and it's amazing when you hear, oh my gosh, I would have never thought of that or <laughs> Great, my kids are listening to you. They don't listen to me or the nanny or, you oh. know. Anybody else, but you make it fun. So it's good to hear what you think, right? Exactly. Well, I just love how you're a culinary nutritionist as well as a clean lifestyle nutritionist and and an expert on gluten-free eating. And uh, it's interesting because I was reading that you're um, a former culinary nutritionist for the NBA program. Yes, yes. I worked uh, full-time for the NBA. I was uh, marketing events there, and I was their um, culinary nutritionist for their NBA fit program. So I did a ton of work with them and um, all their different little leagues and the kids and worked one-on-one with presentations, and it was great. Oh, so do you think for uh, those people in uh, sports, and I know a lot of um, adults and and kids enjoy sports, is there a different type of diet, I guess, that you need specifically? Do you need more protein or, or what uh, do you see in terms of uh, being a nutritionist for, for the sports programs? I would say it, it, it's very situation specific after, you know, getting your right blood work done, you know, and analyzing, making sure you're getting enough protein. But I, you know, fiber is a huge issue that no one, not enough of us are getting. So, you know, figuring out ways to get more fiber. So, you know, when you're, and protein. So when you're traveling on an airplane, what do you do? You know, everyone reaches for the nearest, you know, Diet Coke and burger at the joint next door. But really, all you need to do is carry along with you some, you know, some chia seeds. Chia seeds are great. There's a bunch of different brands that make chia seeds. They're packed with protein. And And what was that? I didn't hear. What was the name of that again? They're chia seeds. C-H-I-A. Remember the chia pets back in the 80s and 90s? Yeah. Now, chia seeds are great from protein. So a lot of vegans and vegetarians use them, but anybody can put them, use them, put them into any meal. They're great in baked goods. I love adding some muffins and breads. But you put, you use them, you bring them with you on a plane and put oh. them on your salads or in your yogurt or whatever it may be. And that's a great protein source that you can carry around with you without having to worry about it going bad because, you know, Sometimes I'll carry turkey with me or yogurt, it'll go bad. But right. if you just carry some chia seeds with you, you know, that's some good protein to last you until you, you get where you need to go. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I just have the vision of carrying around a little chia pet. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like tiny little seeds. You can just put them in a Ziploc bag. But, you know, the thing too when you travel, I always tell people, make about 10 bags of, um, or depending on how far or how long you're going and how far your trip is, make five or 10 bags of you know, Ziploc bags filled with oatmeal, just plain dry oats, and then add whatever you want, whether it's dark chocolate or nuts or seeds or a little bit of cinnamon or, you know, whatever it may be, some of your chia seeds, some of the, that barley flax seed I was telling you. All you have to do is take that 10 bags for you. All you have to do on the airplane or in a hotel room or wherever you are is put it into a cup and add some hot water, and you can get hot water at any Starbucks, at any airport, on any airplane. So you've got, you know breakfast or a snack for you anytime. And if, if you don't use them when you're traveling, it's not like it's going to go bad. That oatmeal will last, you know, another six months to a year in your pantry until you use it. That's a great idea. So, I never thought about carrying around the, the oatmeal, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You are just providing some really practical advice that that people can start to use in terms of pursuing a clean lifestyle. And they're not major, major overhauls. They're small steps here. Exactly. And uh, the first step, it sounds like, is cleaning out that pantry as I look behind me in my kitchen. (laughs) Hey, I'll come over any time. Yes. I will come up any time as you can. Oh, I would love that. And I know you're going to be in the Chicago area. Uh, listeners, for those of you in Chicago, uh, April 14th and 15th, Amy is going to be a featured speaker at the Gluten-Free, Allergy-Free Expo uh, yes. here in the Chicago area. So definitely um, try to attend that and, and hear Amy speak more in detail about these wonderful options for getting on a clean lifestyle. 
Now, what would you say are the must-haves for spice for spices in the pantry? What what do you feel spice-wise really um, promotes the clean, uh, healthy lifestyle? I would definitely. I mean, I'm a big chili powder and cinnamon fan. Love it. But I think also what's really great. Uh, you have a lot of people use turmeric, which is great. And um, what exactly is that? I'm I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm I'm not real familiar yeah. with that one. It's yellow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it before. It's in like Golden's mustard. It's it's like a bright yellow color. Okay. So that's great to add to dishes. Curry powder, I always think, is amazing. Um, and I always keep, you know, like dried dill, dried cilantro. I think that's great. But cumin seeds are wonderful, too. So I love I love cumin. And you can toast those, all of that. There's a bunch of different brands that have, you know, organic spices that are wonderful. Oh, and that's cumin seeds? Yep, cumin oh, seeds. Cool. I, have, I have the Turkish cumin seeds in my fridge right now that are great. Oh. But, you know, any kind of cumin seeds go really well. And you toast those? You can toast them, yes, and then put them, you know, get them nice and flavorful. And then you can put them, you know, into um, chicken dishes or whatever you'd like. Oh, okay. That's yeah, so exciting. it's kind of exciting, right? Always coming up with something new. And I think that's a lot to do with it, to to really think out of the box, outside of the box. You need to get outside of the box, as, as you have been saying, in terms of really, you know, evaluate those packaged goods and that are that are in the pantry and think outside of the box to see, well, how could this be made more fresh? And, um, exactly. Yes, you're just providing some great ideas. Now, I do want to speak a bit about um, Easy Eats Magazine. That's your online, uh, that you're a publisher and marketing um, uh, executive director for. And I found that so fascinating, too, and a great resource uh, for those really looking to avoid gluten. It's a gluten-free magazine. Um, What specifically, um, I guess, do people really, what products or or foods do consumers really need to be careful about in terms of being something that has a lot of gluten, I guess? Oh, definitely. So soy sauce is something huge that people don't realize. And marinades, a lot of times you go out to a restaurant, you get salad dressings and marinades, you get chicken in a marinade, or you get a salad dressing and it's got gluten in it. Um, but soy sauce is huge, you know, because that's, you know, every every sushi restaurant and a lot of marinades and dressings have soy sauce in them. So that's really tough. That can be really hidden. Also, you know, when you go out to eat, if you're ordering a burger or a piece of fish or chicken or something and you're getting it off the grill, you know, you're going to eat grill. The grill could have touched something that had gluten on it, like a gluten, like a bun or some kind of bread or some kind of dish. The utensil that they used could have been some kind of dish that had already touched something with gluten in it. So it can be really tough when you go out to eat. That's why it's very hard. Hmm. And what exactly, in a nutshell, is gluten? How would you define what gluten is? Is it a chemical? I mean, what, what exactly is gluten? So gluten is protein. It's found in, you know, everything from wheat, barley, I mean, you name it, anything like that, any kind of, uh, any kind of bread, any kind of baked goods, um, but then the hidden sources as well. Like it could be in some, you know, if you check out your fridge, if you look into maybe like taco seasonings, it's in a lot of seasonings. Hmm. Yeah, and there's hidden words too that, you know, you have to find out is this gluten-free certified, you know. A lot of times oatmeal too is very tricky because oats are gluten-free, but, or so they say oats are gluten-free, but the facilities that they are manufactured in have wheat in them. So a lot of oats are not gluten-free. So there are specific oats, like gluten-free oats, that people um, eat that are, have severe celiac because they react when they have just regular, you know, a regular brand that just makes regular oatmeal. Even mm-hmm. though it's not gluten, they were made in a facility that had gluten, so they reacted. Wow. So it's, it's interesting how it's very interesting. Isn't it? Some people are more sensitive than others. Yeah, no, this is, it's just fascinating. And what I really enjoyed for uh, this month's or this week's um, Easy Eats magazine, it talked about coconut sugar mm-hmm. as a great substitute for regular sugar to get the, the sweetener. Um, now, does, does sugar have gluten in it as well? Is that something you need? Certain products with sugar, do they have gluten? 
Well, sugar itself does not have gluten in it. But a lot of, you know, ice creams could have it. Okay. Cake mixes, you know, um, frostings, you know, sometimes even like mustard have it. You mm-hmm. just really have to look. Always check the labels because you just never know. Okay. Okay. And it's fascinating. It just seems like this coconut, all things coconut. Um, I don't know if this is just a trend or what, but the coconut water seems to be growing in popularity as uh, a rehydration sports drink and and also coconut milk and cooking and now coconut sugar. I had not <laughs> heard a lot about coconut sugar. Yeah. And coconut oil. Oh, coconut oil. Brand I was just talking about, Arlene's makes a coconut oil. Oh my gosh, it is in, it's amazing. It's, I, I put it on my baked goods, I put it in my stir fries. I even put it, it's amazing, as a skin lubricant. So it's like a, um, instead of body lotion, it will, oh my God, it is, it's incredible what it does. You should really, if there's anything to go and buy, it's that coconut oil. I mean, the Arlene brand's great, I love them, but it's like a black label, black bottle, but it's, it's unbelievable. And it's, it's solid. It's a solid oil, so it's very interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, I I know they have coconut oil for sun tanning, so you can <laughs> eat yeah. the suntan lotion, I guess. Oh and my cook God, that's <laughs> So cook both in the home and in the sun. So. Yeah, exactly. Try exactly. yourself. Exactly. Oh, well, this has just been so enlightening about gluten-free eating, allergy-free eating, uh, a clean lifestyle. I encourage you listeners to check out Amy's personal website, which is thehealthyapple.com, and then also easyeats.com, which is the gluten-free online magazine as well. And um, if you're in the Chicago area on April 14th and 15th, be sure and and participate in the Gluten-Free, Allergen-Free Expo, where Amy's going to be a keynote speaker. And I'm sure we'll we'll see you around on other things. You are always in the media and uh, the radio and, and writing. So thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule today, Amy, to be a part of Kitchen Chat. Oh, please. I'm, I'm delighted. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, well, thank you. And any uh, final words of wisdom for our listeners in terms of making a, a new start with a clean lifestyle? I'd say don't focus on, you know, deprivation. Don't focus on calories. Focus on what you're putting in your mouth. You know, it's not about what time you eat or how many calories or this or that. It's about the quality of food. You know, and I'm, I'm open to helping everybody out. So if there's anything I can ever do, I update uh, my website twice a week with new recipes and content on Mondays and Fridays. And there's a contact form. You can contact me. I'm, I have clients here in Manhattan and all over the country that I work with through Skype video conference calls and, you know, one-on-one. So I'm happy to work with anyone in any capacity. And I hope Aww. to see everybody in Chicago. Oh, well, I am looking forward to meeting you. This is going to be so much fun. And and meanwhile, everyone, check out Amy's uh, website, thehealthyapple.com. And uh, we all encourage everyone to think outside of the box. So that's actually getting outside of the box and putting some, some fresh ingredients into your life. Thank you again, Amy, for being on Kitchen Chat. And to continue our discussion on healthy living and and healthy foods and gluten-free products, I am just so delighted to introduce you to our next guest here on Kitchen Chat on webtalkradio.net, and that is Jacqueline Jacqueline Riki, who is the owner and, I would say, creative culinary um, behind the wonderful chocolate and granola products at Nutty Stuffs in Middlesex, Vermont. Oh, and it's just a wonderful place, and and I can't wait for you to meet our next guest, Jacqueline. So, Jacqueline Riki, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you, Margaret. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm definitely going to make sure our listeners have a link to your website, www.nuttystuffs, that's N-U-T-T-Y-S-T-E-P-H-S, 
www.thrivingmomsdot.com and uh, to see the great products you have. But real quickly, let's um, talk about some of the gluten-free products you have and, and how those came about. It's a fascinating story. Uh, if you could share with the listeners about your gluten-free granola. Well, we started making um, granola in 2003, and for five years, we um, we sold this granola like hotcakes, and it was the only flavor, one flavor, one granola, and people loved it, and people bought it, and they converted, and they never ate another granola again after that, and they were <laughs> loving it. Um, but after about two or three years, I'd say in 2005 or six, I started getting requests from from people who said that they had an intolerance to gluten. And they said, I've heard your granola is so good and I just want to try it, but I can't try it. And, and I didn't know much about gluten at the time. And so I said, um, well, what in my product are you allergic to? What has gluten in it? And they would say, well, the oats, the oats, the oats, you know? And I said, well, oats have gluten in them. And they said, well, no, they don't in the oats, but, there's gluten sometimes um, that contam- contamination in oats because oats and wheat are often milled and trucked with the same equipment and truck. Ah. Oh. So an oat that has passed through a mill or a truck that was also transporting or milling wheat will have trace amounts of glutinous content on the oat. And so normal oats and normal granola cannot be enjoyed by people with such as with celiac disease or who have an extreme extreme reaction to any any trace amount of wheat gluten. Hmm. So after two or three years of getting such increasingly adamant requests to do this, we did. We made a granola that's exactly the same flavor still, the same nutty stuff, Vermont granola flavor and the same recipe, but the oats are sourced from a different source and that's the only difference and it's become a completely viable product immediately. Immediately upon releasing it, there were people paying the two or three dollars more for those special oats, and um, and able to enjoy the granola just because we got this this different source of oats. It's that severe the reaction that folks can have to the trace amounts of gluten. That is so fascinating, and I have to say, uh, it, it's so great. Um, listeners, Jacqueline actually grew up in the area where I am broadcasting from and live, and that's in Barrington, and Deb, a big shout out to Deb, the owner of Ambrosia, wonderful bakery in uh, the Barrington area, um, carries um, Jacqueline's products, and she was saying that you have a huge following of granola (laughs) lovers here in um, the Barrington area, and I want to get a little bit of insight in terms of what uh, what ingredients just so distinguish your product. I I read something about maple syrup or sugar. Could you? uh, Yeah, well, the the ingredients are really really good. The sweet, the only sweetener we use is maple syrup. So it's maple syrup and oats and sunflower oil. And then we have almonds, walnuts, hazelnuts, and sunflower seeds. And mm-hmm. most granolas, you don't find many nuts. They have nuts, but they skimp on the nuts because nuts are expensive. Mm-hmm. And most granolas you find are sweetened with honey or molasses or, um, or corn syrup or white sugar mm-hmm. um, because maple syrup is the most expensive sweetener, but both maple syrup and nuts have nutrition that are really, really uh, fortifying for the body. And maple syrup metabolizes more slowly than other sweeteners because it's less processed. And so for a, a child or an adult eating the, um, the maple granola, they're going to have that metabolized more slowly over three or four hours instead of getting the sugar spike and then getting hungry. So, and again, with the nuts, the nuts are so protein packed that people are um, satisfied for hours on a bowl of the maple nutty granola instead of um, getting that sugar spike that you get um, from cereals normally and then being hungry and out later. So for for people's just general satisfaction, they mm-hmm. they, they love it. But the taste of the maple syrup mixed with a little cinnamon, a little vanilla, just and the, the crunch because it's not cardboardy and right. it's not chewy. Right. People just say, oh, whoa it's the perfect crunch or they say, Oh my gosh, it's not too sweet. You know, and it's like a revelation and they don't ever eat any other granola again. And it's really great. But what I think, what I think more than anything 
that makes people have, I mean, it's really an extreme reaction. People will find our granola when they come visit Vermont. Let's say they live in Texas Mm -hmm. and they're visiting Vermont and they find it. They will, they've ordered since they came to Vermont. Maybe it was two years ago or three years ago, wherever they live, Texas or Arkansas or Florida or California, they'll Mm -hmm. order, I'll see them order the granola over and over again. And, and what, you know, online, you know, and you can get cereal and granola in any town in America, but they are going online and buying the granola. And I think that the ingredient that, um, and this is going to sound a little hokey, but the ingredient that I think really makes it more nutritious than what you can get at a store is the fact that it's made by people. Yeah. And it's not made by a machine. And we really don't stop to think about that, but people have a lot of agency and if they're handling food, you're going to eat and they're handling it with a team of people and they're laughing and they're having fun and they're loving the food and what they're doing. You're going to get a different feeling in your body when you eat it. Yes. It kind of reminds me of that movie. What is it like water, like chocolate or is that right? Oh, one of my (laughs) oldest favorite movies. Absolutely. Like water for chocolate. Yes, exactly. And you know, there is that human and emotional element in something that is handmade. So mm-hmm. it really is closer to to um, everything, and, and it, um, you know, it is not processed. So I think the handmade factor is definitely one of the secret ingredients to, to your successful tasting uh, granola. And also, do you think it's a fact that there you are right in Vermont in maple syrup land and just being right there at the source? Do you, that, it, how do you think that plays a role, too? It is. Well, it's a popular product for locals and tourists alike, you know, maple syrup, and it's a popular popular sweetener. And most Vermonters have spent time in a sugar shack in the spring <laughs> when the sap is flowing from the trees and you load wood into a big burner and you huh. boil the sap down to the syrup. It's a, it's a, a product, a sweetener, that people are actually physically connected to that they've seen grow They see the maple trees grow on the sides of the roads. They see the lines running from the trees down to somebody's sugar house. It's very different than sugars we're getting from the equator because it's a a sweetener that's in your backyard and people know about it. So, yeah, there's a popularity about maple syrup for sure, but... um, the, you know, the, it's not it's not just something well we're connected and it's local and it's and it's popular and trendy. It's it is delicious, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this oh. when you when you take oil and syrup and blend it together and then you coat the oats with it and toast it, it makes it like this candied crunch that is just it makes it a whole different texture and taste and the way that it kind of melts into your mouth and um, you know the taste is just unbeatable in that context by any other sweetener. So definitely the maple syrup is is completely central. Yes. And do you think, Jacqueline, that, um, you know, in the kitchen for home chefs that that maybe if if they're baking something and they could substitute sugar with maple syrup? Oh, maple syrup. Always, always, yes. I mean, in a cup of coffee with a little cream and a little maple, it's like, you know, you're instantly on a mountainside. It's just little maple in... Yeah, to substitute for sugar anytime. And then, like I said, you get less of a sugar spike um, for the kids or for whoever. Yes, or even adults. I mean, it's so easy even as an adult to have a sugar crash there. It is, it is. And you picture um, this big vat of maple sap that flows from the trees, and it slowly boils down to be the syrup. And so it's this slow Mm. processing process. And then in return, in on the other side in your body, you have a slow release process. So if you just imagine the sugars releasing slowly, more slowly in your body, um, it's just a great, it's all around, a, um, you know, a superior sweetener, really, <laughs> in my well, opinion, I, in my humble opinion. Yes, and I am just so glad I'm going to get some maple syrup and put that in my pantry and use that as a substitute. So thank you uh-huh. for that little tip. For, for us and uh, the listeners here, um, and and some more questions. I mean, with the granola, um, are your products uh, like in a granola bar, or are they like in a cereal box with granola? It's a granola what? cereal. One, and like okay. I said, we have one flavor of granola. We've been in business eight and a half years, mm-hmm. and it's one single flavor with the three kinds of nuts and the maple syrup. And it's, you know, people say this is the perfect granola. So we don't come up with any other flavors of granola because um, why would you improve on perfection, right? So we have the 
the grill is just a cereal, you know, so you pour it in milk, you can have it with yogurt, you can sprinkle it over ice cream, you can eat it yeah. plain as a snack. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bar, it's like mm-hmm. loose in a bag, like a cereal, but then um, we got sort of involved about three years ago in a chocolate factory and we accidentally yeah. bought it. So then we went crazy and we started to make <laughs> 24 is... different kinds of chocolate bars and chocolate yes, bubbles and, and fruits and right. chocolate-covered granola, ultimately, which we called Magic Chunks. Perfect. And this is a perfect segue because I cannot let the show leave without talking about chocolate. And and it was so great because as you know, we're talking here, um, before I was able to sample my first bite of your chocolate, Jacqueline, and it is amazing. And there's a wonderful story behind it. And I can't wait for um, the listeners to hear about this too. But uh, I am trying today the Nutty Stuff's Sea Salt Dark chocolate and it is amazing and you can get uh, Nutty Stuff's chocolate and granola actually um, when the Barrington area Chicago landed Ambrosia's in Barrington but also you can order it online and I'm sure you could provide another list of distributors and states do you have that well Deb Rivera's Patisserie Ambrosia is worth going to from anywhere in the Chicago land area Perfect. yes no exactly so for no Ambrosia Right, um, it's definitely with the the most delicious pastry anywhere. So, and she's been yeah. so wonderful and supportive to our business ever since its inception. So, you can yeah. get the granola and chocolate there in Barrington, um, but then online is a good place to get it from anywhere else, unless you're okay. in Vermont, because we keep our distribution fairly local. It's very high demand by regular Vermonters, so that's okay. where we focus our energy. But that's- you can get it online. That sounds great. So, yes, for those in the Chicagoland, go see Deb at Ambrosia Patisserie. It's just a delight, and you will love that. But that Seesaw Bar, Margaret, that Seesaw Bar is its nuts. I said I told you we have 24 varieties of chocolate bars, and the Seesaw was the last one we came out with. Mm -hmm. When I came out with it a year ago, it started to surpass my sales of every other bar combined. Wow. The well, Seesaw something... Bar is the craze. It is the complete craze in America with chocolate right now. Everybody well, wants the sea salt Bar. And isn't that interesting? Because you usually wouldn't think of pairing sea salt with chocolate, but it is delicious. It really is. Yeah. And, and I definitely want our listeners to hear about the great story of where you source your chocolate. Because Well, are you, do you have a bit, Margaret? If you, can you put a little square in your mouth right now and sure. let it melt? Sure. And I'm going to instruct you, as I would instruct any of my customers that come into my shop, that um, this chocolate was made in Ecuador. It took us three years to find a source of chocolate that we were excited about because the cocoa trade um, usually has sources that you don't, you aren't able to know much about, and the conditions mm-hmm. aren't always very good um, economically and socially. So um, we found a source in Ecuador that we are really thrilled about where the farmers own their own land. And so then, again, it goes back to this handmade thing. These farmers own a piece of land they're given in exchange for preserving the forests that are on the land. Hmm. They are walking around. They have their forest that their family can support themselves on. And instead of clear-cutting it to make a cocoa plantation, they're growing wild cocoa, the Ariba Nacional bean, an Ecuadorian very rare bean that is... Can you taste it? Can you, yes. in your mouth, as it melts? <laughs> it has melted. I know. I, and they're still going, speechless. right? I know. I, I, I had to, um, yes, it just disappears. It literally melts in your mouth. And there is this incredible partnership between the sweetness of the chocolate. And, and it's, it's truly, usually I don't like dark chocolate. I'll be very honest. Mm-hmm. Usually it's so bitter, but there is well, such a Well, that's a really sweetness. great point you bring up that people think, oh, the darker chocolate is the bitter. Bitterness in chocolate comes from poor processing and from uh, rushing the processing uh, process. And chocolate should not taste bitter, even if it's very dark. A hmm. nice chocolate that's properly conched, which conching is the last process where it kind of spins in a vat for ideally two days. But and, con- and I'm sorry, and, could and you heat? explain that again? It's conched and that's C-O-N-C-H. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, and, and you can look that up in the chocolate making process. It's it's the last process that happens at the Ecuadorian factory before mm-hmm. they cool the chocolate and ship it to us. Huh. And okay. you you spin it in a vat, and 
They do it for around 48 hours. They don't tell you exactly because that's a major secret of all chocolate factories is how much time they conch for. Uh But a low-grade chocolate factory will conch very quickly at a higher temperature to be more efficient. Hmm. And that's where you get the bitterness because the conching removes the acidity from chocolate. And if it's done in a proper temperature at a slow enough time, you don't have bitterness. You just have deep, rich, nuanced chocolate flavors. Wow. And this So that's why what you're tasting is just, it's very dark chocolate. It's helpful, nutritious, but it doesn't taste bitter. It's not hard to take. It's, It's delicious. It is, and and with the sea salt, the type I'm tasting, just the the blend between the sweet and the salty, it's just truly um, a, a treat for your taste buds. So, uh, and Beth, oh, I'm so glad you, you like it. Yes, this is great. I'm I'm going to be visiting Ambrosia quite a bit to <laughs> to pick up the the chocolates here from Deb. Um, yeah, so we went we went to Ecuador. I went to yeah. Ecuador and I met the farmers. Who, who there's 22 families of farmers that have a cooperative processing plant and they're able to sell their beans because they're the best beans in the world mm-hmm. at a good price and make a good living. And they're getting technical training about how to continuously grow better, better beans and economic training. And it's a super good program. But these people love their chocolate. They love their trees. They love what they're doing. They served me this glass of cocoa with me that they made with the raw beans right in front of me. And it wasn't... <gasps> Just a show because they knew I was an American with money. They were, they were passionate. They loved their chocolate. It was their livelihood, and it was what saved their forest from being clear cut because there was a lot of clear cutting that was happening in Colombia, north of them. Hmm. And they were warned about 20 years ago, hey, people want those woods that you're living off of. Wow. So you better figure out a way to keep them. And these people are able to save their, their territory. Isn't that great? It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, a, it's an African region of Northwest Ecuador where all the slaves had been brought originally over to Ecuador from Africa. Hmm. And these are people that have been lived in these woods since the end of slavery in Ecuador. And they've just been living, you know, with very little resources from the country, as often happens with uh, populations that were ex-slaves in a country. And uh, they were left to their own devices. And then when the logging started coming in in the 90s they had you know basically no resource to work with and no way to to continue their existence and so this chocolate has made that possible for them and they love it and you taste their love when you eat it yeah you really did there is a just a you can't even put into words the taste i and and yes so i'm just so (laughs) glad that you have introduced this wonderful product here to the states and what exactly, you had mentioned yeah. bean before, it was a wild, what was that again, wild? Uh, oh, cacao, which is just the yeah. Spanish word for cocoa, and it's oh, the name okay. of the tree before it's processed. Well, you know, processed cacao bean is cocoa, but even in Spanish-speaking countries, they say cocoa instead okay. of cacao. So cacao is kind of like a, uh, it can be just a snobbish way of saying cocoa. So it's really either way that a person wants to say cocoa or cacao, and it's People know what you mean. Okay, and this yeah. is so, this is grown wild, and and it's harvested by these wonderful families in Ecuador, and has given the land sustainability and, and a great product. So so they actually yeah. then ship the chocolate to Vermont. Right to me, and, and I'm the first okay. the first importer in the U.S. of this of wow. this um, chocolate. Yeah, that is great. And so then you design. You are like the uh, culinary creator for the flavors and and the different products. What is that process like? Oh well, I'm just a sugar head, so I know what's good, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun. And I, you know, I come up with ideas and we make it, and usually it's delicious and we keep it. But if it's not absolutely delicious and perfect, we don't bother with it because. I found that people are so, so in deep, dire need of food that is really authentically fabulous and good that they're they're going to pay us what they what we need them to pay for good product. And that's what I've always seen since 2003, ever since I started the granola. If you make something really, really good, really delicious, truly the best thing I can make, yes, I can't help but sell it. People just can't help but buy it from me, even if it's a two dollars more than the other thing or whatever it is. 
um, people are in desperate need for really nutritious, lovingly prepared food. Yes, and that's so. handmade, and that is, is such a rarity in terms of the handmade. Now, do you also include maple syrup in the, the chocolate bars that you make, or, or is there a, oh, a whole yeah. different process? Well, one of our bars is, is called the Toffee Coffee Bar, and we make our, our toffee at the shop with um, maple sugar. When you take maple syrup and you boil it down a little more, a little more mm-hmm. slowly, you get it to a sugar. Oh. And um, so it looks it looks like um, a raw sugar. It's like a brown-colored sugar crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, but maple, we take maple sugar and mix it with butter to make our toffee, and that's the only two ingredients in our toffee, which um, I've never seen before. Usually any toffee you have is going to have um, white sugar, corn syrup, other sweeteners like that. So it's a very exceptional toffee. I urge folks their toffee heads to try this you've never had anything like it and the toffee <laughs> coffee bar has shards of this toffee mixed in with ground espresso in the dark chocolate oh and so. that that is very interesting so a lot of caffeine there right because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get ready to get jacked <laughs> definitely definitely oh, so gonna jack you <laughs> jack it up Exactly. Now, what are some other favorite flavors um, that you seem to to have created? Well, um, like I said, the granola is foundational and people Mm -hmm. love it. And the gluten-free granola now is available to folks, which they're loving. But what we started to do recently is make these um, peanut butter chocolate-covered granola, the Ecuadorian chocolate and the maple-sweetened granola and a little bit of peanut butter in there. And those are just going like crazy. They're so popular. They're fluffy and chewy. And it's like candy, but if you look at all what's in it, it's really more like lunch. I mean, you got peanut butter, really nutritious dark chocolate, mm-hmm. you got maple syrup and oats. And so it's like you're eating candy, but it's, it's basically it's what, energy food, <laughs> what energy food was always really meant to be. Uh, the ultimate protein bar or, or granola. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. this is this is fun. Now, are there no, any other the magic chunks? Exact the magic chunk that I'm definitely yeah. going <laughs> to check out. That. Um, yeah. Any other interesting flavors you're working on and kind of experimenting with? And how do these? Well, ideas the bacon, you? bacon, <laughs> bacon, the bacon chocolate bar in this uh, chocolate community of. American, you know, fancy chocolate connoisseurs, bacon and chocolate has become the very, very chic thing also. So that's very an interesting one. Oh, Oh, yeah. I haven't. Oh, yeah. So we get bacon from our neighbors here in Middlesex who grow pigs um, in their yard. They make, um, and they they send them to get processed at a processing plant. We get, so we have bacon we know where it came from, mm-hmm. you know, the best bacon we can find, and then we cook it up fresh, and then we put it in the oven to get it a little extra dry, and then chop it into our own fresh bacon bits, and then we get the chocolate going, and we take the bacon bits right after we make them, put them into the bar. So That's that good. one's pretty That's decadent, good. pretty decadent. But again, <laughs> just going back to every everything that we put in, knowing as best we can, where it came from, is it the very best we can find anywhere? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, does it combine perfectly with everything else that's in the, that's in the product? Wow. Going just for the super quality. There's enough people that are making cheap food, you know. Exactly. <laughs> that, and process. And that, this is handmade. It's, it's a... And that's fine and that's necessary, you know, right. maybe. But, um, you know, we're not having any trouble finding people, like I said, that want perfect foods all the time it's like why spend your money on anything else right when you can get it <laughs> quality yes <laughs> we'll put the plug it's your food. there <laughs> but like i am just made so, of right i'm just so um intrigued because you really are you know you're an entrepreneur and and uh negotiating all these import export you know all of that but then at the same time you are the culinary creator of the flavors and the products. And there definitely is a, a creative chef within um, to, to kind of, I, I guess, I don't know if you kind of create the trends or you have a sense of, okay, where are some of the, the chocolate trends going and, and do we want to include that? How, does, how do you determine? That's a great question. 
Um, I know that I have a real, that there's a, definitely a personal angle because uh, my granola baker wants so desperately to make more flavors of granola. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, please let me make more flavors of granola. I really want you. And I think that there's a market for it. I think that people want it. And I'm saying, no, I don't care if people want it. I don't care if you want it. I don't want it. So we're not doing any more flavors of granola. We have one and it's perfect, okay. you know, but um, so in one sense, yeah, you know, it's whatever I say goes, but I think ultimately because it's, so gratifying to provide somebody with something they really want. It's something that my father taught me basically because he's a businessman himself and he would, you know, people make jokes about salespeople and they're, you know, schmucks or liars or whatever. (laughs) And, um, and he would say, no, 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 that's not the thing. You know, a good salesperson isn't uh, like a shyster. It's somebody who really, really knows how to find out what a person needs and fill that need to sincerely fill the need of a person. Right. And, um, so when I identify products that are selling well, I Mm -hmm. definitely get a very, very, you know, deep seated kind of excitement and motivation to produce that product more, make it more available because it's like, Oh, here's three things that I like and we'll put it out on the counter. And one sells, you know, at a rate of 10 to 1 to the other two things. That's what's so fun about having a store. It's so personal. Hmm. Perfect product development forum. Yeah. Because I did only wholesale <laughs> for five years. But once oh. we got the store, we can we can see what people want. And right. then see them to see something appeal to people in a really strong way and have them buy it and buy it. It's like, oh, yes, I have a purpose. You know, there's a, there's a reason for doing what we're doing. And we don't have to go out and market. We do not use money. We don't waste money on print ads or much, you know, advertising or marketing, we just Mm -hmm. put all the money into the ingredients. And um, when people start to buy a thing and they love it and I can provide it, then yes, that definitely drives, you know, where I go. Ed and Jacqueline, it's literally word of mouth <laughs> because it melts in your mouth. <laughs> right. I will tell you, with this, and that's the best exactly. marketing. <laughs> that is the best marketing you can have. Well, I, I have. Well, when it's not marketing, because we have enough. You know, we have we're bombarded with consumerism, and so exactly. you know, we're just here. You want to come? We've got good stuff. You come buy it, but. We're not going to bombard you, and you're not going to have to hear us. Oh, and you have locations there in, it's Middlesex, Vermont. And where is Mm -hmm. Middlesex? Is that? um, It's right near the capital city of Vermont, Montpelier. Okay, great. Great. About five miles north of Montpelier toward Burlington. Great. So about if you're putting a maple syrup visit on your uh, itinerary sometime, definitely stop by oh, and yeah. pass it at Nutty Stuff. With how warm it is right now, we're probably going to have sap falling from the trees right this week. It's so oh. warm. Yeah, it's been, yeah, we had a little uh, snow in Chicagoland today, but oh, it's right. been a mild winter. Exactly. Well, I just feel like I have uh, sampled, and I literally have sampled chocolate now from Ecuador and uh, discovered a new taste, and I encourage the listeners to to click on the link for www.nuttystuffs.com um, to see all the the wonderful products we discussed, and especially the gluten-free. I think that's a unique product as well, the gluten-free granola. Um, and uh, definitely uh, check into that. And and Jacqueline, it's just been a delight to, to visit with you. Absolutely, Margaret. Thank, thank you, you so much. Oh, thank you for I being I really here. appreciate your interest oh, and your listening. It's just been fascinating, and I am now going to keep maple syrup in my pantry for substituting sugar and that sunflower oil you mentioned, too, and um, definitely looking forward to that. And and a quick question, once again, on the chocolate. Um, You know, it's easy, just so easy to open this bar and just consume it. But can you also, with your products, use them for any kind of fondue or baking, or is it specifically just for for enjoying it? you know, on your own. Absolutely. We have, um, we provide a bulk price on the um, Ecuadorian. If we don't melt it and report it and add salt or do anything to it, and we sell it to you right like how we got it from there, we have a really 
nice offering of a, a $10 block of the Ecuadorian chocolate that you can keep right on your counter. It's a little thicker, so you don't want to bite it, but you just slice it with a knife. Mm-hmm. You can just take a little, you grate it basically, and you can nibble on it. You can uh-huh. use it to melt down. You can use it to top your salads when you grate it into little bits. And it's just a food you can keep on hand and use. And it looks like baking chocolate, but it's not because it's sweetened. So it's like a chocolate bar, but um, but it's a big hunk of it. And you can definitely use that to melt down. You can use it for brownies or cookies or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is great to know. I never thought about grating chocolate. So, oh, you've given me so many fun ideas to (laughs) fill my kitchen with here on Kitchen Chat. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jacqueline. And please come back and and visit with us on Kitchen Chat. And listeners, I'll make sure I provide a link to the wonderful resources that we've heard about today and in both segments. And um, on the gluten-free and healthy living. And, and uh, so I'm so glad that you took the time today, listeners, to tune in to Kitchen Chat here on webtalkradio.net. And please be in touch. Send me your favorite chocolate recipes and, and gluten-free recipes and, and uh, become a resource, too. I really appreciate that and stay in touch. And also, as you sit around your, your kitchen table, please take the time and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pearl Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you, so join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week. 